Welcome to the Wealth Standard Radio Show, your gold standard in everything financial. Now, here's your host, Patrick Donahoe. Morning, everybody. This is uh, Patrick Donahoe. You are listening live to the Wealth Standard Radio. We are broadcasting out of Salt Lake City on this beautiful fall day. I am joined with a uh, good friend and one of uh, the advisors here at Paradigm Life, Brad Gibb. Brad, what's going on, my friend? Good to be here. Excited. The first time, Wealth Standard Radio. This first is, time for this you. Is a, first, first time, time for me. me. A couple other people have had this. This is awesome, though. <laughs> this is great. You've been, you were on uh, our past podcast quite a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually hosted it yourself a few times as well. And uh, also, as far as the Wealth Standard, you have been on a couple of the videos now. So your face is, uh, is getting out there. Hey. Who knew? <laughs> All right, everyone. We're uh, like like uh, like I said. This is a new a new feed. This is our third episode, transitioning from Infinite Banking Radio. Uh, we had done that radio program for wow, it probably was six, seven plus years, and uh, we decided to to wean off of that, focusing more on uh, the wealth standard, which is some proprietary information that we are creating here at Paradigm Life. Uh, at least we're in the process of creating it. And, uh, and so for, for that, if, if uh, you do like what you hear, like our commentary, like uh, our opinion, our perspective, our, our paradigm associated with, with finance and money, you can go back and check out our previous podcast, which is on the URL, infinitebanking.libsyn.com. You can also get a link off of our webpage, which is www.paradigmlife.net. Uh, so Looking at our past, you know, it's not like we're doing anything new. Uh, essentially, we still have the same philosophy, same perspective on things, uh, but we're we're transitioning out just because the idea of infinite banking is not ours. It's uh, uh, Nelson Nash's. He's the one that uh, coined it several decades ago, and uh, and it's been we've been a huge beneficiary of that, um, both personally in our lives as well as our business, is being able to teach individuals this this incredible concept, incredible strategy. Uh, that has existed really even before Nelson Nash. I mean, it's, you go back and look at the history of the insurance industry, and it's very profound to see how at the turn of the century there were people doing exactly what we're doing today. So what that does, it's, it, it gives me just a, a ton of, uh, of faith in what's happening uh, with the insurance industry uh, going forward, regardless of the economy. Because you can go back 100 years, 200 years, and look at all the different turmoil yep. that the economies have gone through, uh, but yet this industry has, uh, has shined through, and the strategy has always worked. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Brad and I have been doing some research in regards to uh, a few topics. We're going to talk about uh, James Ricard, who is a, a famous economist. He wrote the book Currency Wars and uh, most recently The Death of Money. We're going to talk about some of the, the most recent marketing material that he's been putting out there mm-hmm. and our opinion about that. We're also going, uh, we're also going to talk about uh, the 401K and some recent news associated with uh, the demise of the 401k, what's going on and why, despite market rebounds, there hasn't been much of a rebound in those, account- <laughs> in those accounts. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, we're also going to have our wishbone moment. Uh, we started with that uh, a few episodes ago. I had to explain that to you this morning. Yeah, I, I, don't I, know, I don't know what knew. meeting I missed. I just assumed you just yeah, listened I don't, I don't to know. us faithfully and, and knew that. <laughs> of course I do. <laughs> All the time you have with your 16 kids. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's my excuse. That's true. always my excuse. But it, sounds, it seems like it. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, look, at uh, this wishbone moment, we have a, a there's a quote I like, which is uh, the wishbone will never replace the backbone, and that quote represents taking personal responsibility, accountability, uh, admitting you're wrong, uh, because all human beings, you know, we make mistakes every day. But yet it's this like I don't know what it is about individuals not willing to admit that they're wrong. Uh, so we're going to use uh, a couple wishbone moments from uh, this past week dealing with uh, this whole climate change movement, mm-hmm. uh, this this rally that went on. All right. So uh, before we get into that, though, let's let's talk briefly about the well standard. So, uh, Brad, you've you've been instrumental in uh, in really helping develop this this idea uh, through this video series that we've been putting on. So for the last uh, last couple of months. We've been doing probably every three weeks, every month or so, we've been doing a, a live video stream. And the purpose is to really uh, is, to, is to write a book. And so basically what we're trying to do is present our ideas, present what we feel is, is, uh, is wrong with the financial services industry, and, and really get feedback from our listeners in regards to why they continue to do what there's so much evidence that says that they shouldn't do. Yet people just continue to do it. So we're trying to figure out what is the drive behind that? And we've gotten some awesome, awesome feedback. 
Uh, and the last, you know, three we've been the last three videos we present we've been presenting the problems, talking about the two sides of the financial services industry, which is mm-hmm. banks and creditors, as well as money managers, Wall Street, mutual funds, and, and so forth, qualified plans. And uh, in the next couple, we're going to do uh, two more, one in a couple weeks, uh, and the other one probably the first part of November. And we're going to discuss the solutions as well as case studies associated with implementing the wealth, the wealth standard. So why don't you maybe give the listeners some feedback as to – because I, with me, my personality is I just come up with these ideas and say, rub with it, Brad. <laughs> but so how have you – that's not your nature necessarily. No. How have you, uh, as you've thought about what we've done, thought about the information that we've been sharing, what, is, what has been your experience with that? So the, the wealth standard is really it, – it's what's getting me out of bed in the morning. It's what's really got me excited recently. Because I've always felt like, like you, that we do so much more than just infinite banking. We go into so much more detail and depth with the, the amount of education and the insight and perspective that we give and really the impact that this can have for somebody. So to be able to have a platform now to expand that and, and show people um, how important the, the thought processes and, and the strategies that we help people implement are, um, it, it's, it's, I think it's, it's been really exciting. The... The, the spontaneity of it is always a challenge for me, but it's, it's definitely <laughs> – but the, the nice thing about it is I think you could have grabbed almost any advisor out of their office and said, come on in here and let's do a video because we – what people don't see is if you walk through agent's office, they, it's crammed and overflowing with books. Everybody's reading. Everybody's learning. It, somebody – every day somebody walks in and says, oh, did you see this article? Did you see that? And look at what's going on over here. And we're so plugged in and informed that, that it really is – just what we're doing every day. This isn't something we spent a whole ton of time putting together and preparing. This just this is what's happening at Paradigm, and we're trying to show you that, show the readers that, and the listeners that, and and have them kind of be plugged into to our world. And it's and it's uh it's it's been fun for me too because I've I've had a lot of I've had a lot of training. I've read read quite a few books, and and there's so much left to learn. I mean, there's yep. just a, a a mountain of information that's out there. And the the objective behind that is to really try to create as much value for clients as possible because every client comes to us with a different situation. And looking at why they've come to us, they may have the need or would benefit from other services or other products or other strategies uh, other than what they came to us for. And so having the well standard really helps us to build this foundational context to provide that type of insight and information to them. And so the, a large part of the wealth standard is really um, is not to alienate uh, entrepreneurs or business owners or real estate investors or families. It, it, it works for everyone, regardless of your financial situation. We consider it the framework or the foundation of any financial situation. And so a lot of the what we've been talking about uh, in regards to the last three, three videos is to really kind of formulate this context of philosophy and the next couple, we're going to try to build. Next couple videos, we're going to try to build in the foundational pieces of this puzzle. And so, the way in which we're doing it, again, we're writing a book. Uh, the book is going to come out first part of 2015. Uh, we're going to have a an e-learning program attached to it. So, the book books are very cliche, um, but books at the same time, people like to kind of peruse books and see ideas. That's that's a way. That's the way some people think these days. Mm-hmm. So, we're going to be writing a book, doing an audio book. But we're going to have a lot of – instead of doing a 500-page book, we're going to do a good 100, 150-page book. But we'll have an e-learning program that will go into the details of the different sections of the book. So it will show examples, videos, tutorials, white papers, other references that will provide other media other than written text, which as you combine that with written text, it's a profound learning experience. So as part of this, this whole book experience, we're going to have this e-learning program attached. We're also developing a piece of technology where individuals will be able to see this foundation and identify the missing pieces of that foundation. So anyway, it's, a, and it's, it's an exciting project. It's a huge project, but it's an exciting project that we've been working on. And for more information about that, you can visit the Wealth Standard webpage, which is www.thewealthstandard.com. Any, any other words on the, yeah, on what we're doing? Yeah, I was just thinking it's kind of like when I was 10, we had these choose-your-own-adventure books. Did you ever read those before? No, I, I don't know. Maybe other. Maybe I was the only one that had them. But they, they, you'd read like ten pages, and it would say, "If you want this to happen, you can jump to this section." And you like you didn't read the whole book. You just went through, and you kind of made the adventure happen as as oh, you read through huh. it. So that's sort of almost what we're doing here with people: is 
is we're, we're by trying to get our readership involved, if this is going to be kind of like a choose your own adventure book where they're going to be giving us, this is what I want to learn about. This is what's relevant to me. And this is how it's going to impact me. Yeah. And we can cater a lot of this to you. Yeah. And then it's going to be so interactive with all the videos and the white papers and the different formats. You can really choose how to consume it and how to have it be uh, impactful to you. And that's really what we're going for is to make this a unique, try our best to make it unique to each person who, who experiences it. Yeah. Cause everyone has a unique situation yeah. and everybody has different needs or in different situations. They have yeah. different goals, different ambitions, yeah. different perspective on things. Yeah. So we're trying to accommodate cause we've seen the gamut of, of the financial spectrum. We've seen, you know, multi, multi-millionaire clients as well as, um, you know, the, the nine to five paycheck mm-hmm. to paycheck struggling, you know, yeah. families. And, uh, and, and looking at this foundation, it's going to impact and help and improve the situation of the full spectrum. Yeah. So. And not to mention bringing in the network that we've been able to build over the last couple of years of CPAs and estate planners and mm-hmm. uh, service providers that do things that, that are essential to somebody's wealth plan, but we don't provide. We mm-hmm. like to be a specialist. We do what we're good at. And, and now we get to bring in their, you know, their references and their services as part of this as well. So. Yeah, and, it, and looking at – we're going to discuss this as we get into our, our two main topics today, which is uh, the 401K and also uh, Jim Rickards, you know, some of the, the marketing he's come out with with his, with his new book. But it, it really goes to how our modern society has evolved and is developing. And most individuals don't realize the different aspects of their finances that, uh, that should be covered. And ultimately, they don't really find out about it until it's too late, where they have a lawsuit, they have a disability, uh, they have a need for insurance, they have a need for reserves or liquid capital, uh, they have a need to you know, finance something or pull capital from somewhere. And typically in those instances, because everybody, you know, we always look at this perfect, perfect path toward our goal, but it never happens. It never happens that way. Okay? We look at where we are now and where we want to be in five years. Okay, that where we want to be in five years, we don't have no idea what the path is going to be that's going to lead us there. Okay, it could be this event, this experience, this decision, etc. So looking at how to create this foundation, it really covers um, a lot of what individuals may experience, but they may not experience. But just having that set, and if it doesn't happen, if the experience, which would you know be the result of benefiting from something like this, if that didn't happen, at least the peace of mind is there, so that knowing that if it did happen, things are covered. Yep. So, yep. all right. So, anyway, keep keep uh, keep on our newsletter list. If you're not on our newsletter, we have a uh, we we have a girl, Janae. She's done a really good job with our newsletter, and so we've we put a lot of uh, resources into that. There's a lot of good content on that. So subscribe to that. Just go to our website. Uh, which is paradigmlife.net, P-A-R-A-D-I-G-M-L-I-F-E.net. It's free. Uh, you don't have to pay anything. Uh, you can also visit. We have an e-learning program right now on our website. It's absolutely free. There's 30, and we've, I just added a, a few new videos on there. Um, it, it's, it's free as well. So it's called Infinite 101, free e-learning program on our website, which is paradigmlife.net. Also, we have a blog on there. There's a lot of cool stuff on there. But this, the newsletter really just summarizes the podcasts, uh, the videos that we've done, the blog posts of yeah, that month. It's the play-by-play yeah. of what we're doing. Oh, actually, you know, we, so we actually released uh, – and I didn't announce this last week, but we just released a, a resources section of our website, which uh, we did really – we had tons of articles, tons of videos, tons of stuff that I've done. They really didn't fit into the mold of the other parts of our website. So we just created another section of the website, just <laughs> dumped, dumped a ton in. of information in there. So a lot of our quarterly webinars are in there, some of our podcasts. Uh, I've written some articles, um, uh, Dave Ramsey response, uh, Dave Ramsey response video. Um, what else did I do on there? I did some real estate stuff. So there's a, a real estate um, real estate cruise that you've gone on a few mm-hmm. times uh, that I spoke at. Uh, last few years and and the one this past year we recorded so that whole video is is on there and it was uh, it was edited by uh, the rich dad one of the rich dad videographers and so it's it's on there it's absolutely free so visit our resource page there's a bunch of stuff a bunch of stuff on there so there should be new links on our website all right what else should we just dive into the topics let's do it okay all right so all right, let's let's go to what really sparked this this topic today, which was a webinar that you viewed over the last few days by a, a good friend of ours, Andy Tanner. And uh, Andy is a uh, he's written two books. One's called Four Hundred One Chaos. The other one is called uh, Stock Market Cash Flow, mm-hmm. uh, which was written underneath the Rich Dad uh, banner, Rich Dad Advisor series. 
And uh, so Andy is one of the most amazing presenters that I've ever he's, seen. He's Not so because good. he's 15 feet tall, but because, <laughs> but because he just has, you know, he has this, I don't know, it's just his personality, the, the humility that he has, but yet he's able to deliver a message so clearly well, and concisely. Yeah, he's, he's been, he is able to take something as complicated as the stock market and, and, and the strategies to be successful there and make it something easily digestible, easily understandable. You come away, I came away from that webinar thinking, I, I, I could probably do that. And I'm, I, don't, I don't like to get anywhere near the stock market. So it, he, he did a really good job of, of making clear points. It, it was a good webinar. And Andy was on our web, uh, was on the podcast probably two months ago, three months yeah. ago or so. Uh, and so if you want to learn more about him, he, and his webinars are free too. And it was a really good webinar just about how to use options, how to create cash flow with, yep. with the stock market in just unconventional, unconventional ways. Um, and so why don't you kind of discuss maybe the, the reason why he brought that up in some of the articles that he went through in, in kind of the beginning of his, of his webinar. Yeah, and that's really what's, what's relevant to, to what we're talking about today is he said, you know, was trying to say why having this webinar was important and, and why the topic came up. And he had gone through, there are a couple studies out there that, that they just published a bunch of, and we'll find the links and put these on there. I don't remember exactly where they came from, but um, there, I guess there is a, a national retirement risk index. And, and it's they, put on by the, Bo- I think it's the Boston, the, the yeah. Boston College or Boston University Center of Retirement Research or something Yeah, like there's that. some center that, that yep. puts that out. And so their numbers just got released, and then a whole bunch of people wrote articles about it. So there's kind of been some buzz in the media okay. about 401Ks, the state of you know, Americans' retirement, and, and all of that. So what Andy does is, is really a, a, a much better solution to that than you know, just mutual funds and, and hoping. Mm-hmm. But those articles, he just he briefly mentioned them, and being the fact finder I am, I dug in and found the articles and read through them. And it, it's, it's pretty impactful stuff. It's, it's stuff that's important that people know about. Now, we're not surprised. No. It, it kind of reconfirms some of, our, so, some of our, our findings, not just now, but over the last you know, de- decade or so. Yep. So why don't you – what, what are some of the findings? Because basically the, the premise of the, the research is that you know, here you have this market rebound. Uh, you have the S&P going from here to here. But then you have you know, these, these uh, types of – where the majority of American money is, mm-hmm. you have it having a lackluster performance. So what are some of the reasons associated with that? Yeah, the, the, the whole shock value of these articles was we're supposed to be in a recovery. Things are getting better. Employment's better. The market's up. Real estate's recovering. So our retirement outlook should look a lot better than it, than it did earlier. But that ends up not really being the case. It's really not any better. And in some measurements, it's getting worse. Hmm. So the question is why? You know, what's going on? Um, the, the, the big one that, that, I, that really jumped out to me was they said, you know, well, rebound in equities and housing, that should be helping people's retirement. And the impact is, like I said, a lot less. So in 2010, that there's an in, this retirement index gives a percentage of Americans that are well-prepared for retirement, who can maintain their living standard. And in 2010, only about 53% of households mm-hmm. were in that situation. Um, so we would have expected – no, sorry, 53% were at risk of not being able to. So only okay. 47% were in, in an okay situation. Okay. Now, we would have expected, you know, with the market being up and everything we've said, it should be a lot better. Well, now it's at about 50-50. Hmm. So a pretty marginal increase, even though housing has recovered and stocks are back up and, and employment's good. We're just not seeing the impacts. So, and I did not go through. I go, purposely I didn't go through these articles because I wanted you to, to comment on them. So, as I as I've looked at it, the common theme that I've seen is is a few things. Number one is, you know, f- previous to kind of the two thousand eight crash, you had a lot of companies that would match employer contributions, employee contributions, mm-hmm. excuse me. And so, in matching this, it grew four hundred one k balances significantly. Uh, because if a, if a person's putting in ten grand in their four hundred one k and the employee ma- employer matches, you know five, six, seven, eight, up to ten thousand dollars, now you have growth without regard to any interest whatsoever, right? Just because of the nature of contribution. Right. But then you go into two thousand eight and two thousand nine, you know the biggest companies in the country, ev- almost everybody abruptly stopped these employer contributions. Yep. Okay, and that right there. Uh, it was a double whammy because number one, you didn't have their contributions. Number two, employees stopped their contributions, stopped their own contributions, right? Or they went down to their their minimum. Because yeah. back in you know 2006, when Bush passed the Pension Protection Act, 
that he, you know, it was essentially an automatic sign up for, I think it was like th- 3%. 3% or so mm-hmm. of, uh, of an employer's uh, income is what they were automatically signed up for. Uh, and so that's kind of kind of kept steady. Now, employers have started matching again, but they haven't matched to the level that they were at before. So as yep. you kind of researched, was that some of the, the reasoning behind it? Yeah, that was a lot of it. They, they looked at where the balances should be and where things should have recovered, and they weren't there. And they found just exactly that. The contributions ne- have never returned to where they were pre-2010. Got it. And that is an indication to me that if you're not putting money into your retirement account, things aren't as good as – you know, we can only do that when things are good. Yeah. Well, go back to some of the statistics that we were put. <laughs> the statistics that we had been citing on our last video with the Wealth Standard. Uh, la- it was yeah, it was last yeah. week. Is we talked about the amount of individuals who have collection accounts, who have creditors yep. after them, yep. uh, they have judgments against them by medical or creditors. So looking at the reason why they're not contributing is because they're trying to still take care of that stuff. Exactly. Yep. Because although banks were bailed out during this whole crisis, individuals were not. Yep. And so banks, which is totally, un- in my opinion, you know, unethical. They got bailed out. Their credit was ex- essentially wiped out. You know, their their bad debt was wiped out. But yet now they still come after people uh, for their for their debt. Exactly. Even and, though they've been they've been made whole. And not just re- uh, contributions have slowed. There were a lot of people that had to access the money. Yep. Right. They they had yep. liabilities they need to pay, so they they took it from their four hundred one k and paid those things. Yep. You know, bridged a gap between jobs, whatever it was, and they did that. When at the bottom, at the, right? Because yeah. that's when they needed it. Yeah, and then all this recovery, yep. are they able to get it? And that's one of these articles talked about. Says this recovery really didn't benefit the average person no. because they didn't have the contributions in there. They took a lot of capital out and had to pay the penalties, mm-hmm. and subsequently they didn't, they weren't able to ride the rebound. Yep. And then same thing with with a lot of the housing price recovery. Most of that took place in the upper tier of of real estate. Right. They got hit the hardest, but that's also what's what's being rebounded. So the average person isn't really seeing this impact it's yep. it's really only benefiting the top third yep. of the people and they were already well prepared for retirement anyway so as no, another thing i've been thinking about and, and correct me if maybe this wasn't there maybe it wasn't but looking at you know an, another industry that suffered you know they're poor suffering people it's the the you know people on wall street they had to go from making you know ten million dollars to like eight million, eight, eight million or something six million or whatever so so anyway looking at this you know this group or this industry right as the as the market took a, a nosedive they were you know scrambling to get people to not liquidate their accounts not not move money you know ride, ride it out mm-hmm. why obviously because that's how they got you know they got yeah. paid so so looking at the the rebound they took a hit so if a business takes a hit. Right. And now new business comes online and things are getting are getting better, but there needs to be a recovery and people are just demand, demand, demand. If you have more demand than supply, what happens to prices? They go up. They go up. So looking at money managers increasing their fees, increasing transaction costs, whatever the case may be, that that was going on. It still goes on. And mm-hmm. looking at, you know, the the battle that consumers have had to go through to get Money managers, mutual funds, 401k administrators to really disclose the the spectrum of their fee structure has been a nightmare, and they're still not 100% disclosing it. Okay, so looking at again them rebounding, increasing fees has really helped Wall Street rebound to an extent. Did you see that some of that in the articles? Yeah, they definitely talked about fees and the impact of that and how surprising that was to people. They wow. they showed an article that said surprising. My well, well, the, and and the, the more telling part of this that that I thought was. One of the articles was entitled 401k fail. Experts sees totally unexpected drop in accounts. Like this is and, – and this isn't just Wall Street. These are the – Experts. These are the experts, and yeah. these are you know, our government officials that are out there to take care of us and tell us everything that we're supposed to be doing, and our employers are there for us. And you know, everybody's behind this 401k, and then it's all these results that you and I see on a daily basis was totally unexpected. And I know that just speaks to, I think, how – I don't want to say brainwashed, but just how turned off everybody is to the idea of taking control and having this this wishbone versus backbone moment, right? Mm-hmm. It's if if the people that are are supposed to be on top of this were completely taken by surprise mm-hmm. by these changes and impacts, yeah. what does that say about the advice that they're giving and and yeah. the the structure that they've set up and and what why we're supposed to be using it? Yeah. So the idea again going going to this whole idea of our the book that we're we're writing. 
the the two sides of the financial industry are always going to make money. Mm-hmm. And this side, looking at you know the, the money managers, the mutual fund, it's really capitalizing on the transition from def- defined benefit pension plans, which were you know basically the the old person's you know the 50, 60 years ago retirement plan, um, and going to the deferred compensation. And looking at uh, you know looking at 401k accounts, it is a cash cow for two people. Okay, Wall Street and the government. And looking at how individuals have been sold this, and this is what we're going to get into with the Jim Rickards thing right here. Whenever, whenever, and this is what we teach. We we obviously have bias. We have opinion. We you know recommend specific things, but at the same time, we want you to know all sides of the equation, all mm-hmm. sides of the decision. Whenever there is somebody saying one thing, there is going to be somebody else saying the, the opposite and other directions. And in order for you to form your own opinion and not piggyback on the opinion of somebody else, you need to know all of these sides. And if you don't, you're, you're gambling or yep. you're trusting somebody else to do the right thing. But guess yep. what? We're human beings. We're all self-interested. We do what it takes for us to survive. And if sometimes that involves taking advantage or exploiting other people, it happens. It happens every single day. Mm-hmm. Thinking that it doesn't happen to you is, is naive. Yep. So looking at what's occurred in this whole industry, it's really this, this idea of that is a business. They are providing a service, okay, and they're charging for that. Okay? Looking at other services out there, most people do not know their alternatives. So they have nothing to compare what service they're being provided Yep. Right. Yep. So, so that's my that's my thought in regards to a 401k. I'm not saying it's good, bad, or indifferent. I have my opinion. I want you to know, and this is the whole mission of the wealth standard, which is I want you to know why it's not good for you. I don't want me to tell you it's bad because of this, 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 this. But look at others, other people's opinion. Look at our opinion. Mm-hmm. Weigh that against everything else that you're taught, and then make a decision. Yeah, and get enough understanding and education to be able to make it. Now, you don't have to be an expert in everything, but you have to know enough to be able to make a, a well-informed decision that you know is going to be beneficial. Otherwise, like you said, you're gambling. And that's where a lot of people, they've not expanded their horizon beyond what the first like, – like I remember the first job I had – the first day of my orientation, they brought us in and put us in, f- in front of this money manager who quoted all these initials after his name and said, just increase your match and you know, put your contributions in and the world will be wonderful. And I thought, great, uh, sign me up for it. But if you never think beyond that, if you never look at what's out there, what's possible, what the risks are, then uh, you're going to be totally taken by surprise like, like these other people have. So our mission isn't, like you said, to tell people what to do. It's to just – show them what's really happening and, and show them the alternatives so that they can make their own decision. Yep. So these articles we'll we'll try to we have all the links, we'll try to post them on the on the blog that's yeah. gonna be uh, part of the part of the podcast. Um, but why don't you so so Andy he presented these you know these different articles, these different ideas. So what was his conclusion? We'll talk to that for a second. Yeah, his conclusion which I thought was was really well put was he talked about this pension idea. The, the, the benefit of a pension was it was new money coming in the door every month when you retired, right? You didn't – it was – and that's, that's the idea. Getting out of the rat race is having more income than expenses. And so once your pension grew to a point where it exceeded your, expense, your expenses, you were out of the rat race. Yep. And that was it. And it, it, all, it was all based on creating new money. It wasn't based off – now the switch from defined uh, benefit to defined contribution mm-hmm. was now we were relying on our asset column to create the income for us. Yep. And people didn't understand that transition. And they're still in, in the mentality of, well, I'll just put this money there and then I'll draw against it, which then you don't really have new money to cover your expenses. You're not really out of the rat race. You're just drawing down old money that you, that you put aside. And understanding that transition and mm-hmm. trying to figure out a way to not have old money fund your retirement, but ha- take that and create new, new money. money with it every month, every year. Interesting. Now, that was, that was incredibly profound. And he showed you how to do it with with stocks and bonds, we talk about doing it with um, insurance and with creating our own private pension that we've talked about. Yep. But also, we, we talk about real estate mm-hmm. and everything we focus on is that utilization. Yep. It's not just accumulating and then drawing; it's that creating new money. Yep. And so, looking at Andy's solution, uh, it, it it really I mean he has some technical solutions associated with it, which is you know trading this and trading this yep. and creating income off of selling options. But at the same time, that is those are the te- that's the technical side. The general side is you can educate yourself to do specific things which will generate money. And yeah. That's Andy's big thing. Yep. Andy has his training platform, um, and that's why with, with the stock market, I don't 
it's not like I don't like the stock market. I don't like it because of how it's traditionally pitched to individuals, which is because you have a 401k or a mutual fund, you're in the market. Yeah. Okay. But Andy's perspective is, you know, you can learn, you can educate yourself, you can build that side of your brain where you know how to take what you've already accumulated and turn that into income. We do it different, you know, we do it yep. differently, but not to say that this couldn't be a part of it. But the idea is all savings will eventually become some somebody's income. Yep. It's either going to be liquidated from your asset column, like you said, or you're going to be able to create new money. That's yep. an awesome way that he did that. Yeah. So anyway, I know we're plugging Andy yeah. a big time. Well, and we weren't even intending to, but yep. he spent 40 minutes of, mm. or 50 minutes. He only spent 10 minutes explaining the technical side of what he did. He really wanted to get people to understand that it's, how it works, it's, yeah. a, it's a mental shift. It's, it's not focusing on capital gains, which is how we're taught to make money. Yep. It was focused on income. And that was that was the big kind of light bulb for me. I was like, wow, okay, yeah, he gets it. Yeah. That's what we spend mm-hmm. all the time talking about, and, and, and he gets it too. So that's what was, was exciting. And the idea is it's – and this is profound. We didn't mean to go off on this tangent, but every, everything is measured in cash flow. right? Everything is yep. measured in income. The success of a business isn't how much money they have in their bank account. The success of a business is how much new money they produce, yeah. how much cash flow they produce. Same thing with a piece of real estate. right? You could have land. Okay, but a piece of land is all capital gains play, and essentially it's it's speculation in a sense. Now, there's a lot of people that have the education to be able to, to successfully do that, but at the same time, most real estate is based off its ability to produce income. Yep. Right. All assets, really, at the at the end of the day, if they don't or if they're not able to put money in your pocket, they're not an asset. Nope. That's in, that's an interesting interesting point. Anyway, so as far as cash flow real estate, I mean, Andy, yep. um, not cash flow, cash flow, uh, stock market cash flow. Yep. His book is is wonderful. He's an yep. amazing way, amazing educator. He has a good, some good resources on his webpage, and then the four one chaos book is also uh, is also really good. It, that that's where I would start. I think that's his best. The four one chaos For, from an introduction standpoint to why we need to think differently and how risk is is measured and what is really facing you. That that book really will open your eyes. And then stock market cash flow will be a great follow up to it to show here's a solution. Yep. So, I th- so 401 chaos, I think it's uh, 401 and then the letter K and then AOS.com. Yeah. I think that's his, uh, his URL anyway. Okay. So let's, uh, let's transition into uh, Mr. Jim Rickards. So I sent you that, uh, that mm-hmm. infomercial video. What do you, what do you, what do you think of that? Man, it put me on a roller coaster because the ideas that he talks about and the risks that he has identified are things that you and I we, we talk about them all the time, and I think we see them. We agree with a lot of it. But then – so I would, I'd be riding up the roller coaster and thinking, yeah, I'm on board. I get this. I, I'm, I'm with it. This is great. And then he would dive into an almost unbelievable fear tactic behind it, okay. saying now we need to run for the hills or now everything's ending. Now you need to be scared, yep. and that's why you need to, to take action. Yep. And that's the part where I'd, I'd back way away and say, well, what is, what is going on here? Yeah. Like I – I identify with the ideas, but then the way he's trying to present it and make us take action mm-hmm. just really was was difficult to swallow. Okay, so let's let's back up with with uh, with Jim Rickards. He has he has quite the the resume. Oh, man. Yeah. His accolades are, are are profound. Very knowledgeable. Has a lot of inside he, information. He yeah, started several hedge funds. He's <clears> been kind of an inside information person to the CIA and the FBI and a yeah. lot of uh, you know the US government as far as what's going on in the economy and, and money and things like that. So Yep, and he was heavily involved with long term capital management's kind of demise yep. Yep. Um, and helped kind of unroll all all of that. Yep. And so he he's had tons and tons of experience. Uh, and from from the so I, I went and wa- you know watched some of this video but I also looked at um, other articles that talked about him, and even those that were not necessarily uh, uh, with him, they were more more or less against him. Basically, commended him for all of his experience and yep. took what he was saying in this infomercial um, seriously, as opposed to just being this you know Joe Blow guy that was coming up with like some fear tactic of you know the world's collapsing, give me your dollars for some gold type right. of type of play. All right, so he so Jim Rickards wrote uh, Currency Wars. I loved that book. It was there was a ton of history, ton of information there, but just him being involved. So, so the Currency Wars, I think it came out in like 2009, 2010, and it 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 started off with this uh, war game that uh, the govern the government did, and the war game wasn't necessarily 
um, a you know because war games have been I going think, on for I a long time. I think he calls it asymmetric warfare. So yeah. So it, so it was basic. Yes. Yeah, so it was, it was basically a uh, uh, a simulated uh, financial war where this country did this financially. This country dumped gold. This country did this. This co- and they basically had all these people representing different com- countries and simulating this type of war. Very very profound and and it was really cool. I was really excited. I, I remember yeah. where I was reading the book. Um, and so, and if, lo- if you're a little bit lost on that, another way to think about this is um, you might be familiar with how a, an aggressive short position on a company can bring that company down, right? It can dry up their capital, it can dry up their ability to do things, and that could actually, whether the company's viable or not, just having a strong enough short position could actually affect how that company operates. Mm-hmm. It's the same concept, but between countries. They would be taking certain action that really has nothing to do with whether the country is. Mm-hmm in good financial shape or not, but they would be manipulating and, and effectively shorting that country to you know, bring it to its knees, yep. be the idea. Yep. So it was cool. So it went into that, but then after that, in the currency wars, it went through all the different currency collapses in, in history, all the, all the major ones, uh, a few of which have been in the United States over the last mm-hmm. you know, 100, 100 years. Um, so anyway, great, great book. And then The Death of Money is this, is this new book that he's, uh, that he's come out with. And this was this infomercial. And there's been a lot of media and press associated with it. So the, the, first, the first red flag that goes off uh, for me is, is, is this, fear, this fear tactic, especially when you follow it up by, give me, you know, dollars suck, currency sucks. Give me your currency for my CD series or my book. Right. I have nothing wrong with that yep. because he's he's a capitalist. He's trying to make money. He's yeah. trying to feed feed his family, provide income. But at the same time, you know, he does it with a fear a fear tactic, which is an emotional emotional tactic, which I you know argue is is a semi unethical way of uh, of selling anything. And and that's that was the big distinction for me because he didn't he didn't try to educate me on anything, and when he did use numbers and figures, they flashed on the screen for barely long enough. You could only see the trend line. You could barely even read what the graph was even representing, and then it was gone. He didn't want you focused on that. He wanted you pulled into the fear side to, to, make, to, to take action. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I left there knowing any more than when I started, other than that I should be a little bit afraid yep. and maybe run to this guy for help. Yep. And, and so you really need to, as you're getting your information, we just told you, go get information, go get educated. As you do it, make sure you're learning something. Make sure somebody's trying to develop and, and enhance you not just scare you into believing them and, and doing something right now. Yep, exactly. And that is, and I think that is what hurts people on all sides of that emotional spectrum. If it's fear, they just do everything because oh, I'm afraid of loss. I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid yeah. of this. You're not thinking. You're irrational. Yep. Same thing with the greed side of things. Okay, there's all throughout the the emotional spectrum. You can look at the decisions that we make, and if they're highly emotional, chances are there's very little rational thought put into them. Yep. So whenever you have that tactic used, think think about it. Take a step back. Take a few breaths and really try to figure out why he's saying what he's saying, what is his motivation. Now, we're not trying to discredit the information that's in that, in that book. No, like I said. Because we bo- agree with a lot of uh, it. Yeah, a lot of it. Yep. And so, and so as, as I've you know, went through that, and, and I haven't read the, the entire – I've gone through most of uh, uh, the death of money – um, a lot of it is, you know, what was in currency currency wars, uh, as far as philosophy is concerned. But he does talk about, you know, kind of what's happening with the, the dollar and China, and and uh, you know what what would be a potential exit strategy with the IMF. Mm-hmm. Um, but but at the same time, you know, looking at somebody predicting what's going to happen five years down the road, ten years down the road, fifteen years down the road, I think that is very irresponsible, especially in this day and age. Why, why do I think that we've talked about this a number mm-hmm. of times? Uh, human beings, we are fascinating creature because we are always changing we are always innovating and nothing we think is going to happen a specific way actually happens that way yeah it always changes and it it goes back to the idea where he wasn't really educating he was just trying to use data to back up his position and his point Mm -hmm. and so he would use there was nothing made for well you know this is just this is the direction everything's headed it's a linear line and this is where we're going to end up with no consideration that, well, what if something changed? Like, couldn't, aren't there enough forces that maybe could make it get better? Yeah. N- nothing. Well, well look, at, look at, I mean, a perfect example of that is the last, you know, three, four years with this massive inject, uh, injection of liquidity in the, the United States bank, bank vaults, which has caused a lot of chaos. But if fracking didn't exist, if the oil boom of North Dakota and, and parts of Texas, if that didn't boom, Okay, and now we're a net exporter of. If that didn't happen, 
we would have things things could be totally could be different worse. than they are right now right okay so looking at a lot of the individuals who were saying you know the 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 economy was going to do this 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 and this peter schiff was one of them mm-hmm. jane brookers was another one mm-hmm. of them they pointed that if every single variable stayed true. Exactly. And it didn't. Exactly. And that's what people base the future on sometimes when they're making these specific predictions, which is if all of these variables stay true, this will happen, which is true. Okay? But then you go to the likelihood that every single variable will be the same, and that is never true because human beings were, were problem solvers. You mm-hmm. go back and you look at every period in modern society – there has always been this potential for the world to collapse, this bomb to go off here, this country to invade this country. We've had all of these. Now, I'm not saying the world has been is perfect because it's never been perfect. You've always had chaos. You've always had war. You've always had conflict. It's, it's always been the case. Give me a period in time where it did not happen. Yep. Right. And yet we're thinking today, wow, the, there's so much chaos the world must be coming to an end. The death of money, we're, you know, the dollar is going to collapse. The U.S. is going to be obsolete. Yep. I mean, it, it is it's a very irrational way of thinking, in my opinion. And and it's not – education should empower you to be able to take control of a situation. But the way the information is presented for most of the people promoting based on fear is they're saying this is what's happening. There's nothing you can do. So you need to – you know, that you have no control over it. So you know, here's – Here's the outcome where the, your education really should be based around how can I survive? How mm-hmm. can I flourish? How can I and, – and it goes back to the concept of kind of capital uh, accumulation or appreciation versus cash flow. Mm-hmm. You should be looking at yourself and saying, am I just hoarding things and setting them aside? I don't even like that word, but yeah. am I just setting things aside and trying to protect what I have? Mm-hmm. Or am I out there developing and growing and, and am I in a position to, to change things? Yep. So – the the warning signs that he talked about that all of that was relevant all of that was very it's true good. yeah but the solution isn't to then buy run his for, CD run for the hills or, or buy gold or and, yeah put your money in a certain you know, sector because yeah. that that's still speculating it yeah. should be being prepared to to take advantage of that or yeah. to move or to do something or to take action yep. and 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 that to me is really what we are talking about mm-hmm. is the idea of how do you how do you through financial education empower somebody to not be only in control of their finances now yep. but as things change as those variables move as we progress through time yep. how are you well positioned no matter what comes your way and that's the thing is what he says could happen okay it could very well happen okay but at the same time it could not happen and looking at human beings and our ability to solve problems, chances are it is not going to happen the exact exact way he is predicting. Some of it will probably happen. Yeah. All of it, yeah. probably. And not. then how the solutions play out? Okay, who who really yeah. who really knows? And then when it does happen, is he going to be there to continue to help you? Right. So what if he predicts it? Yeah. What do you get? What What do we do? How now? is that going to help you, you yeah. to to be okay all the way through it? Yep. So looking at you know, and I'll give a few. I'll give a few examples. And, you know, we could easily predict and start to, you know, go into, um, you know, the modern medical technology, the other modern technology that is coming online, all the patents that are being filed, all the different things that would completely throw those variables on their head, right? So I, I have a client, and she is, uh, she's in Northern California, and she's an MD, and she's about to bring this, uh, this, this uh, I guess that she's putting the, the, the idea, it's like intellectual property. But it's basically intellectual property to create this this compound, and the compound will help form bones and teeth, uh, being able to grow it. It's cra- It's just it's kind of crazy insane. how, but how to grow teeth and grow specific bones. And then uh, once they do trials on that, then they could use 3D printing to actually be able to create, you know, do a formation of your bone structure, your teeth, and create those on on the spot. It's, ama- it's amazing. Yeah. Just some of the th- and, and it was you know, developed by the sing- you know, it was funded by the Singapore government for government for a while. Anyway, the, the ideas that are coming along, that's just one, one example. But looking at Google and what they're, mm-hmm. what they're innovating with, with you know, cars that are going to drive themselves, uh, transportation, um, you know, electric cars, you still have people that you know, don't like the electric car. But, but looking at what innovation can take place with transportation, uh, looking at energy and how mm-hmm. that is, 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 trans, is transforming the world. We have no idea what's going to – we have no idea what technology is going to be in a year from now, let alone no, no, five years from now or yep. ten years from now. All of that could completely throw this hypothesis on its head. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my thing is, I always I try to be an optimist. Okay, there is positive energy and negative energy are discernible. 
you know what positive is and you know what negative is. Mm -hmm. Nothing ever goods, nothing good ever comes from negative energy. Okay. The positive energy associated with your life being optimistic. Yeah. All this stuff could happen. Okay. But my focus is going to be, okay, how do I benefit? How do I better my life? How do I help? How do I educate? How do I build a business? Okay. Having that mentality is going to put a person ahead of the curve. And if this whole thing collapses, whatever, you really don't have control over it anyway. Okay. But up to that point, what state of mind would you have rather been in? Yep. And, and it's not being naive versus that's different than being optimistic. Uh, being optimistic is knowing that there's a solution and trying to figure it out and, and being part of that where naive is just saying everything's wonderful and I'm just going to you know, sit on my couch. Yep. And so it, it really has that aspect of, of taking action to make things better yep. and not either worry or just be naive and not even not even see any of it coming. So the, the, there's a, a quote by the Rothschilds. Uh, gosh, I can't remember remember his first his first name. But basically, said when there's blood in the streets, buy, even if it's your own yeah. blood. <laughs> <laughs> and the idea is, you know, the, the idea is during ter- times of chaos is a time of opportunity. Not to buy, but to take yep. advantage of opportunity. Yep. Right now is some of the biggest opportunity in the history of mankind. Yep. How do you how do you make money? You solve somebody else's problem. Yep. Right. And when things are bad, what does that mean? There's lots of problems. There's tons of things to figure out and solve. Yep. If, if, there wa- if we weren't worried about anything, there's no problems to solve. There's no money to be made. Yep. Right? This is where the opportunity is to, to take advantage of it. And, and the other thing that a lot of people are worried about is globalization and you know, all these rising countries that are going to take stuff away from us. That, to me, is such a scarcity, scarcity mentality, mentality yeah. where I look at it and say, look at what the 300 million people in the United States have been able to do. There are just as many smart people in other places and now we can free them from having to carry water every day to to be able to think about fixing my own problems the wealth and the acceleration of technology and innovation and bettering the world is going to go so fast that again it's not going to solve all these problems it's Mm -hmm. not going to make it so that that there won't be growing pains Mm -hmm. but the world's i don't know the world's not ending no. Right. There's just more and more opportunity. Yeah, because because people, I think people have thought that since the beginning of time. Yep. It's gonna end. It's gonna end. Gonna end. Go. Just look at the last hundred years of history. We have the we have the most record possible. You go back to World War One, World War Two. Yeah. You yeah. go into uh, you know the Cuban Missile Crisis, Vietnam. Mm-hmm. You go into and there, yeah. there's all sorts of time period where people thought it's over. We're done. Yep. I mean, right before 1929, there were predictions saying, you know. Everything that's ever been invented has been, you know, has already been invented. Yep. And then what happened? Yep. There were more inventions during the Great Depression than almost any other time period, yep. right? And so it just, no, it, yeah, it's it's and the thing is, I think for us, we have a different perspective on things, just because we're able to connect with so many people across the country and see what they're. We get to see so many businesses, so many ideas, so many investments, so many success stories. And what it helps us do is really, and not everybody has this experience. And so we're trying to just convey that to people where, yep. you know, get online and, and be connected with what's going on in the world, uh, not just from a negative standpoint. Now, don't be naive. Learn. I mean, there is a ton to learn from, from uh, yeah. James Ricard. I mean, there's some, he's Read an those books, incredibly right? knowledgeable in, individual. Read those books. But at the same time, always have the question in the back of your head, which is, what is the other opinion? And how could this not come to pass? Yep. And am I being educated or am I being scared? Yep. Cool. All right. So Sweet. let's uh, – last couple minutes, let's, let's talk about uh, the wishbone moment. So, again, the, the purpose of us doing this, I don't know. I just – every kind of radio show has their own little, like, moment or whatever. So the moment of zen. So this mm-hmm. is our kind of moment of zen. So the wishbone moment. I, lo- I, I love the quote, which is, you know, the, a wishbone will never replace the backbone. And the idea is, is just personal accountability, personal responsibility. And I feel it's hard sometimes for human beings to, to admit they're wrong, admit they're inferior, because what that does is everybody is you know, self-interested. Uh, we have this kind of natural competitive drive to be better than somebody else, but that is very destructive sometimes. Whenever you think you're superior to somebody else, then it, nothing really good can come, can come from that. And, and so looking at, you know, when you are wrong, when you have a contradiction in your life, admit it and get over it, get over it. So the wishbone moment of the week Let's have it. is a very famous individual. Here's, a, here's another cool, cool thing. So a, a kid I grew up with in, uh, in you know, I've, I've known him for a long time. He is this guy's stunt double in most, almost every movie that he's done over the last like five, six years. 
Um, and so this is uh, Mr. Leonardo DiCaprio. Did you know your buddy looked like Leonardo DiCaprio all growing up? Or? He kind of he kind of does, but. But they just uh, always take a shot of the back of his head. And that I think matter. he just does all of his stunts. Okay. So this guy, he was the Mark. This this guy I grew up with. He was a, um, he was a gymnast and diver. And so right now, like he does a lot of those like crazy free walking. They jump off buildings oh, and flip over cars and stuff like yeah. that. Um, so anyway, anyway he, back to, uh, the, back to the point. So Leonardo DiCaprio. So why am I going to use Leonardo? DiCaprio? I, he's a, I think he's an awesome actor. I love mm-hmm. a, lo- a lot of his a lot of his movies. Um, but he he appeared in this this whole uh, um, movement, this climate change movement, where there has to be a legislation enacted by the world, you know, in order to to change, you know, what's what's going on. So it, it was just interesting because there was, uh, you know, some of the reports and reporters were asking him questions at this rally um, about, you know, the carbon footprint and so forth, and asked him about his, you know, uh, his private jets and his five uh, carbon-powered homes. And his massive yachts that were all car- carbon powered, and he really didn't have a, a response <laughs> to that. <laughs> so my point is, this whole climate change. I mean, I know people just get their feathers ruff- ruffled about yep. it. Um, you know, I think there is climate change. Now it comes down to whether it's man made or 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 not. And so again, that, we're not going to get into that today. Yep. Uh, and I don't profess to know. Well, you know, it, going along with that, I don't know if you saw this news story, but there was a march. I think it was in New York mm-hmm. on climate change. And then it was all about protecting the environment and all that. And then they went back and took pictures after. Oh, yeah. They walked it, was, through. it was trash. They just destroyed yeah. the city. I mean, yeah. trash and garbage everywhere. Yep. So, okay, they're after protecting the world, yeah. yet they're just trashing it in their wake. So, very, Al, Al Gore has just hypnotized them all. Yeah. Al Gore has just hypnotized them all. And just once, yeah, anyway, that, that was, that's a joke. Hopefully, we won't get <laughs> Secret Service knocking on our door. <laughs> Okay, we're uh, we're out of time, but we uh, Brad, good conversation today. Always appreciate your uh, your insight. These are great. I love them. Thanks for uh, thanks for going and looking looking into the the videos and, and preparing for today. Uh, again, just a uh, a plug for our video series. Uh, make sure you uh, listen live. We, we we're we're gonna probably do it on a different day than Thursday uh, over the next couple of weeks. So look for an announcement for our next live video. Uh, you can uh, register for that announcement uh, on the webpage, www.thewealthstandard.com. Also check out our other webpage, paradigmlife.net. A uh, lot of cool information on there. If you are interested in our services, uh, we do free consultations. Um, all of our advisors um, are, are very well trained, and they will do a video conference webinar with you and discuss our services and how they may benefit you. Uh, there's no obligation uh, whatsoever. You can do it in the comfort of your, your own home. Um, and if that's not a step you want to take, but you want to learn more about our services, we have a free e-learning program called Infinite 101, which can be found on our website, paradigmlife.net. Okay, that is all for today. Uh, we will see you next week. Remember, we're broadcasting live every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. That's it for today. We'll talk to you later. You've been listening to the Wealth Standard Radio Show, your gold standard in everything financial. Thank you for listening. 